Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am great. We hope everybody out there in good old radio land is good too. This is Father Mike Malloy coming to you from Dunn Brothers Coffee in Rapid City, South Dakota, right next to the beautiful birch forest that they have created for us here in this beautiful uh, facility. I'm here with Karen Gibas, and she is uh, my co-host for our time together on Real Presence Radio. Yeah, we've had a great like half hour getting ready for this whole show. Actually, it's been very, very enjoyable. We've just sort of talked hung and out and, yeah. You know, Drank some coffee and water. and Yeah, just did our thing. Yeah, it's, it's been very enjoyable. But we're glad you're with us. Those of you who are listening to us um, this morning, we have a great show lined up. We're, we're anticipating um, some wonderful guests, uh, both in studio and um, also, um, you know, coming to us via the phone and the marvels of technology. Why don't we begin with a, a prayer today as we start this, this uh, time together. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, in the midst of the world, in the midst of the busyness of life, in the midst of the activities as we run here and there to begin our day, we pause momentarily to ask your blessing. Give us your peace. Give us um, joy this day. Help us to be your eyes and your hands and your feet that we might bring the good news of your love to the world. Lord, we pray this in the name of your Son, in the power of your Spirit, one God, living and reigning forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, <clears throat> it's nice to be back in Rapid City. I was gone yesterday. Oh. Hey, are we going to have Eli do a preview of the show? You sure well, are. I suppose we should, yeah. I mean, it says we should. All right. Go ahead, Eli. You know, I was uh, you were talking about how you were both having, you know, your respective coffee and water and I was like, "Wow, I can identify with that. I am currently drinking water out of a coffee cup." So, Oh, that's yeah. good. Well, you've got them both covered. Exactly. Here's yeah. <laughs> what's uh, <laughs> coming up on this morning's Real Presence Live. It was a special woman who Father Mark McCormick of the Diocese of Rapid City would say prayed him back into the faith. Who is this woman and how did her spiritual motherhood leave a lasting impact on Father Mark's life? He'll share this story during our Inspired segment. And what began as a way to reach out to other Catholics with other ideas and useful tools to live authentic Catholic lives in the home has blossomed into a beautiful business. Kimberly Fries will share how her children's books continue to inspire and teach both parents and children. We'll even have a special giveaway of a few of her books coming up next hour. And she hails from Embarrass, Minnesota, but she certainly isn't embarrassed or shy about her love of Catholic faith. We'll visit with Debbie Nelson about her return to the Catholic faith after rediscovering the beauty of confession during another one of our segments. All that and a whole lot more coming up this morning on Real Presence Live. Karen? Well, those three Father. things thank you. Those <laughs> three things really sound good. I mean, I'm sh- and, there, and there's more besides, but those are very interesting topics and interesting things for us to get to today. So we're grateful for that. So... Yes, it's been. A, it's a beautiful day this morning. So it is. It's a little chilly, but I like fall. Fall is my favorite season. Yeah, it is mine too. And uh, yesterday we ha- I had a wonderful opportunity to be out in 
the weather, if you can believe that. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. You out in the weather? <coughs> for like the entire day. That's shocking. It was shocking for me, too, but I did it. <laughs> um, we had the bishop's hunt down in uh, Gregory, and uh, I've never gone to that before because I'm not a hunter by disposition or nature. And uh, and yet, uh, because I'm in the position I'm in as the uh, diocesan administrator, I thought it was important that I went. So I went, and uh, we went to the um, Stuckel, whatever they call it. It's a beautiful lodge. It's uh, They have all kinds of facilities, and they... they uh, their business is taking care of the hunters and it was very interesting to learn about how they do all that and all the um, things that are involved in that and and then I had the, my first opportunity ever to actually be involved in hunting pheasants. How'd you do? Um, well I walked really well but it always starts with a good walk. Yes I didn't I did not shoot I'm, I'm not I, I haven't had a gun in my hands for years huh. <coughs> so it was it was interesting though just to to be present and yeah walk to the fields you know the amazing thing the thing that was most interesting to me was how loud it was and by that i mean uh, apparently when you walk through the fields your the whole purpose is to is to um force the birds to uh, take flight right you see and i just had never it didn't occur to me that as you're walking along you would be talking and I was, you know, I was kind of thinking about nature. It's peaceful. It's quiet. You know, you You're kind of the sneak up thing is what you were thinking. I think right? I was. So it was interesting, and then and, the, and it was very <laughs> exciting to see the, the first pheasant I saw scurrying along ahead of me in the path. It's like there's one right there. Now I don't know what happened to him because I don't think he ever took off. Oh, but, well, um, my my boys and my husband are are pheasant hunters, and we love to eat pheasant. So when it's pheasant season, we're all excited. Are you? Yeah. Now eating them would not be something I would like. Really? Well, oh, maybe no. next time you come for supper. Please don't. Oh, man. You mean you shot me down before I even told you what I'd fix you. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't. Um, no, it was, it was an interesting experience and and it was uh, it was pretty enjoyable to be together and, and to do that. So, um, but anyway, so that was my day yesterday and the day before and we're grateful for that, for the opportunity we had to uh, well, that's that. good. And, and we saw you at the golf tournament. Last yes, I did that uh, well, a couple of weeks ago. These are both fundraisers that we do to help with the, um, um, w- you know, in, in the diocese to help with uh, our foundation and to help with vocations and um, uh, Catholic uh, social services. So they're, they're important events uh, that we, we need to uh, participate in. And uh, I was glad to be able to do that. So. so all of you out there listening who are thinking, really, he actually did that? I actually did that. For real. For real. Yeah, Not for just real. for pretend. For real. Not, I was there. It was really, really wonderful. So anyway, that's that's now we're on to, as you said, we're on to the fall. Looking forward to uh, some nice cool weather and uh, and uh, I suppose getting ready for the snow that will eventually fly. Hush, hush, hush now. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. Okay. You know, it's all part of, of God's creation, part of what we're called to embrace and learn to love that's and right. appreciate. So. It's got its own beauty and its own uh, challenges for us. I, I told someone I'm just going to stock up on coffee and I'll be fine. Just bring it. Yeah. Bring the snow. I'm good with it. Yeah. As long as I don't have to leave. <laughs> I was thinking about that because yesterday when I was out walking, I didn't have any boots to wear. So I put on my snowshoes, which actually worked really good. And uh, as I was taking them off when I got done, I kept thinking, there'll be a time not too distant future I'm going to have to wear these for real. Oh, man. Not because it's muddy out, this but because is, it's snow deep. <laughs> this is kind of depressing. I think we should move on to our first interview. <laughs> All right, we can do that. Well, we're very happy to have with us Father Mark McCormick. Uh, Mark is a priest for the Diocese of Rapid City, and he's here to talk to us this morning. Marco, how are you? Good, doing well. That Good. was a great hunt yesterday, by yes, the way. Yes, it was. Mark was there, and he actually shot and killed 
three, three and a half. pheasants. Three and a half. Way to go. Yeah. Three and a half. Yeah. The, wow. The other half, though, didn't turn out so good because there were two <laughs> shots on that one. So ah. that was sort of a, that was sort of a, a um, uh, should we say an overkill? <laughs> a little bit. Ah. Yes. That's funny. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, yeah. It was a good day. It was very enjoyable and a wonderful uh, fellowship with all the guys that were there. And we had one uh, fem- a female guide. And she was actually wonderful. Very. Very knowledgeable about what she was doing, so it was fun to be with them. So, well, Mark, we're here to talk to you about motherhood. Um, I know your mother. You do. Uh, I know. I've known your mom for a long time, um, but we're talking not about not about uh, maternal motherhood or the or the motherhood in the sense of which we all understand it in terms of our human birth. We're talking about spiritual motherhood. Can you first tell us what that is? Yeah. Um, so, spiritual motherhood um, is a way um, for. Uh, mothers to offer um, sacrifice to go to the uh, the foot of the cross, in, in particular for uh, reparation uh, for priests uh, to pray for uh, a culture of vocations. Um, in 2007, um, um, the Sacred Congregation for the clergy came out with uh, a spiritual motherhood, a reparation, adoration, reparation, uh, praying for priests. And, and basically, um, it, it, it's a, a, a feminine souls uh, following the typology, uh, the document says, of Blessed Virgin Mary to spiritually support priests in order to help them uh, with their self-offering prayer uh, and penance. Uh, I love this uh, image. They do that through uh, adoration, uh, prayer, uh, thanksgiving, a petition, uh, a sacrifice. That's a way to reinvigorate the heart uh, of the priest. And this is really kind of it's kind of a, a supernatural uh, a gift because it's all tied uh, um, coming before the Lord uh, as these mothers uh, make reparation for the sins of priests for a new birth, a priesthood, a new Pentecost uh, in the heart and souls of priests. And, and this spiritual motherhood is something we have in our diocese. That's been going on for how many years now? Yeah, since 2007. I think Father Brian Christensen is the one uh, that brought it to our diocese in particular uh, through this uh, document that came out uh, in 2007. Okay. So, I mean, and I've talked to a few women who have been involved in it, and they absolutely love it. I, I think it's enriching for them as well as beneficial for priests and, and for seminarians. So, But you have a, um, a, a more personal story about spiritual motherhood. Um, where does that begin for you? Yeah, um, I've been a, a priest now for 28 years, and there's a, a, a big part of my priesthood that... Uh, I became really lukewarm, uh, stopped praying, um, you know, did my, you know, m- my best, but just kind of maintaining, you know, and, uh, you know, really hadn't encountered the Lord in, in a deep way. Uh, and then when I encountered the Lord, you, you know, you know, eight, nine years ago in, in Magigoria, uh, and in particular, just had a, a deep relationship with our, our Lady who led me to Christ. And then the, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon me in a way I've never experienced before. And so when Bishop Groose asked me to become the Director of Vocations and Stewardship, I um, can't remember when that was, 2013 or so, and preparing for my first spiritual motherhood retreat, it dawned on me that part of my conversion um, back to the Lord, uh, just because I, I wasn't praying, you know, I said my Mass, I would, you know, of course, prepare the liturgy of the hours throughout the weekend on Sundays, but it was just like that became my prayer, which was really a, a lie because um, 
um, that shouldn't really count for my prayer. It's the or the office of readings or morning prayer, evening prayer. Uh, I, I, I had to spend uh, uh, a holy hour uh, with the Lord every day. Um, and so it dawned on me um, that these spiritual mother, spiritual motherhoods, since 2007, have been fasting, praying, sacrificing for me. I just on I just started weeping. It was just really an amazing encounter. So it wasn't just one spiritual mother, but it was a group of women, a group of spiritual mothers in our diocese who have been praying, unbeknownst to me and unbeknownst to other priests since 2007, going to daily Mass, fasting, praying, coming before the Lord, that my own heart would be changed. And so I'm just convinced that part of my renewal back uh, to my relationship with the Lord and the Blessed Mother Mary is through the heart of spiritual mothers. Did you, have you found out since then, or do you know? Who I do not know. Interesting. Yeah. But I just know that every year since 2007, there has been a group of women in our diocese who fervently pray every day for my sanctification, making reparation for my human weakness and for my sin as a priest. And it is absolutely amazing what this gift of prayer has done in my life, unbeknownst to me. Unbeknownst to you, yeah. That's, and, and I think that's a key thing. And, and part of that, as you talked about this, this sacrificing that these women do, it, you know, a very real sacrifice is it, it isn't something that's known. It, it's not something you get a pat on the back for. It's not something they can say, you know, you have any kind of awareness. And yet the power of what they're doing can really touch other people's lives. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful uh, thought, not only for you, but it's a beautiful thought for me. It's a beautiful thought for any priest right. or seminarian. Because um, in, in, you know, I'm sure this program is available more than just in our own diocese. So. Yeah, it's worldwide, you know, and the spirit, the heart of the spiritual motherhood is listening to the Holy Spirit, sacrificing and interceding uh, on behalf of priests uh, and seminarians. And I love this image by Sister um, Consolata, she's a sister of the martyrs of St. George. She said this, So once I meet you, you're in my heart for good. I will bring you to the heart of the Jesus. And so spiritual motherhood is a, is a supernatural. It's a, it's a spiritual relationship. Even though I have not met these mothers, but they have met me in their own heart. And, and once they brought me into their own heart, uh, his sister said, So once I meet you, you're in my heart for good. I will bring you to the heart of Jesus. And that's what these spiritual mothers do in a very profound and powerful way. To yeah. go to the cross as John, the beloved, met Mary on the cross. Jesus said, behold your mother, behold your son. And so these mothers are like Mary who beheld John, mm -hmm. are beholding us for our sanctification and holiness. You're listening to Father Mark McCormick, and I'm Father Mike Malloy here with Karen Gibis on Real Presence Radio. And this is a, it's a, it's a beautiful topic. It's a great way to start our show, um, having this kind, this kind of awareness. So, Mark, as you have now become the vocation director, and you work with these women, I mean, you meet with them, you talk to them. Can you share a little bit about what this means to them, to the women, and how this has helped them in their own spiritual journey to to uh, to bring the priests and seminarians to the heart of Jesus? Yeah, I, I mean, there's just uh, pockets of, of women um, throughout, the, throughout the diocese. Like, there's a group of holy uh, spiritual mothers in Timberlake, Holy Cross Parish in Timberlake, and they meet once a month doing adoration as a group of mothers. Uh, and so my hope um, for spiritual mothers, that they would form um, 
spiritual motherhood groups in their own cynicals, in their own parishes, mm-hmm. um, to pray together. Sometimes they do it on their own, but there's just power in numbers. So I'm, I'm hoping um, uh, Real Presence Radio will interview these three sisters in Timberlake, South Dakota, who are so fired up about being spiritual mothers and offering sacrifices on behalf of you know Father Lane and, and, and all the priests of the diocese. Mm-hmm. It's truly an uh, amazing gift. Um, they're your, your, your cousins, I yes. think. Yes, <laughs> they right? are. The Molloy sisters are whoever. The Lo- yeah, no, yeah. Not anymore, but they used to be. Right, amazing women. Yes, very, very, very faithful, dedicated women. So. Right, who love the church and love priesthood. Yeah. And and my hope is in this little interview we're doing, this would maybe call other other mothers to say, I think I'd like to do that. You know, right. somebody's listening not only in our diocese but throughout the listening area. Say, I'd like to do that. Encourage them to get a hold of their vocation director, whatever diocese they're in, right. and say, I'd like to be a part of this. So, right. Mark, we appreciate you being here. Unfortunately, our time ran out too quickly. Just one more thing: we just had our, our retreat in September. There was 38 spiritual mothers, and there was even a number of young adults. It was beautiful. Who were not married, but came. Yes, it's perfect. So. Mother, motherhood is something that's in your heart. I, amen. You Absolutely. So, appreciate you being here, Mark. You're welcome. Coming up next, we will pray uh, for your intentions in the prayer for your segment. And later, I will be available to hear questions that you might have about the Catholic faith. And straight talk when you can... Um, Call in and ask whatever you'd like. This is Father Mike Malloy coming to you from Dunn Brothers Coffee in Rapid City, South Dakota, along with Karen Gibas. We will be back in just a moment. Please stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hey everybody, Steve Swanskowski here, Executive Director for Real Presence Radio. Thank you so much for calling in to our fall live drive last week to let you know we are really here to support you and we thank you for your support. Thank you for letting us serve you. If you didn't get a chance to call in during our live drive, you can still call at 877-795-0122. We did end up a little short of our goal, so thank you for your help and help us keep reaching souls by calling 877-795-0122 or go online and give at yourcatholicradiostation.com. Thank you and God bless you. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. So my job, not only do I get to work uh, with the young people, but also communicating to the faithful of this diocese. I work with the media. We work with our social media. We've got a good team here uh, that tries to reach out to, to bring the gospel. But with all of that, it's really been on our hearts to find ways to bring the gospel in new and fresh ways. And uh, when Real Presence Radio came to us in the Diocese of Winona and said, hey, we, we want this partnership. We want you to be a part of this family. I was very excited about that because the opportunity for people to to listen in, not just in, in these little moments, but like a, a real connection to formation, to that accompaniment. That's what this this offers, a new way to communicate with our people, to bring the gospel, just those moments to feel the grace and the love of, of Jesus Christ and, and to be encouraged. So this is a great opportunity for our diocese uh, to really proclaim the gospel, uh, to bring Jesus Christ to all those that we serve.
This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us here on Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Gibis here with Father Michael Malloy. It's time for our Prayerfully Yours segment. Almost every day we receive prayer requests, asking for prayers for those closest to us. We hold these needs close in prayer at Real Presence Radio. We're going to share a few of these prayer requests now, and we invite all of you who are listening to join in a prayer specifically for the intentions. Here are our intentions for today. Today we're going to pray for, there's a request for praying for my Uncle Bruce, who passed away. Another request is for Joe and her family. The third request is for Ellie and her husband, Ed, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. There's a prayer request for Garth, who has ALS, which I believe is Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, And then also there's a prayer request going out for um, several friends of mine who are um, involved in various kinds of sufferings with uh, various um, illnesses and um, facing surgery, facing cancer, those kinds of things. So um, those are the prayer requests that we have today for for us here at Real Presence Radio. So let's take a moment, collect our thoughts, and place ourselves in the presence of the Lord and ask His intercession for these um, prayer requests and those we hold in the quiet of our own hearts. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we turn to you this day. All the requests we have for you today are those that come from the struggles and the difficulties of life. And we ask your blessing upon us. And we pray because we know and we believe that you hear us and that you desire all that is good and holy for us. Today, Lord, we ask for prayers for Bruce, um, a man um, who is an uncle um, from a family who has passed away. We ask your peace uh, as he makes his journey to you and to your eternal embrace. We pray for Joe and for her family in whatever might be the joys and the struggles of their lives, that you would bless them and keep them safe and, and close to you in the midst of their living to this day. We pray for Ellie and for her husband, Ed, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. We pray, Lord, um, that you would bring peace to their hearts as they enter into this time of struggle and difficulty, as they endure the demands and the responsibilities of that particular disease. Keep them united and close to one another in love and mindful of the goodness of the life that they have shared as they go through this time of loss and, and, and difficulty. And we pray for Garth, um, a young man, or, or excuse me, a man who is suffering from L, um, ALS. Um, Lord, you know the struggles and difficulties that he will go through and with him his family. And so we ask you to be present with him. And finally, Lord, we pray for all those who are struggling with, um, with cancer, for those who are struggling with facing surgeries and difficulties that Im- impede or, or slow their progress. We pray, Lord, for any and all people who might stand in need of you. Lord, sometimes we hear the needs and the cries of people, and we think that maybe you're not present with us. But we turn again to your cross, and we know that you are present with us and, and that you understand and bear our sufferings with us, that you are never far from us, and that 
If we open ourselves up to your goodness and your mercy and love, you will transform the suffering that we endure, the sufferings we all experience, into the peace and joy of your eternal life lived with us. So, Lord, we lift up these people to you and all those that we hold in our hearts, and we pray that you would bless us. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks for taking the time to pray with us today for these Real Presence Radio family members and their needs. If you have a specific intention you would like prayed for, please visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and submit it under prayer requests at the top of the page. You can also submit an intention on our app. Simply click on prayer requests on the main screen. Well, that was very amazing. Yeah, beautiful. Thank it was you. beautiful. Appreciate for that. We're going to take a quick break here, and then when we come back, we're going to get into some very straight talk. We'll be with you in just a moment. Hey, everybody. Steve Swanskowski here, Executive Director for Real Presence Radio. Thank you so much for calling in to our fall live drive last week to let you know we are really here to support you, and we thank you for your support. Thank you for letting us serve you. If you didn't get a chance to call in during our live drive, you can still call at 877-795-0122. We did end up a little short of our goal, so thank you for your help, and help us keep reaching souls by calling 877-795-0122 or go online and give at yourcatholicradiostation.com. Thank you, and God bless you. At the University of Mary, affordable access to Catholic higher education is vitally important. Thanks to generous donors who believe in the value of Catholic education, eligible graduates of Catholic high schools receive free room and board. And students who choose our groundbreaking year-round campus option can earn a bachelor's degree in just 2.6 years or a master's in four, saving money while getting a head start on their careers. Discover the Mary difference at cometomary.com. That's cometomary.com. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. Well, good morning once again. This is Father Mike Malloy here with Karen Gibas. We are back on Real Presence Radio. We had a wonderful interview with Father Mark McCormick so far this morning. We had a little opportunity to pray, and now we're moving on to the, to the next part of our show. But before we do that, I just want to uh, do a little pause here. I, before when we were in the break, I asked Karen if she was a spiritual mother. That was the topic that Father Mark McCormick shared with us, and she said she was. So it would be interesting to have just a little bit of feedback from her about that experience in her own life. You know, it was, I'm a newbie. I am as new as a baby in this because I went to that um, retreat that Father was talking about at the end of the interview, and it was so inspiring to be in a room with a bunch of women. I can't even say mothers because not all of them were mothers, but just with women who are willing to give of themselves sacrificially for the needs and, and betterment of the priests. And the one thing I found, the, the one thing that was most interests me, because when I kind of, I was led to this retreat by an event I saw on Facebook. And I, I signed up and I went and I got to Mass. And the first thing I asked myself is, why am I here? And then I asked God, why, why am I here? I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't even know what a spiritual mother is required to do. And through the course of the day, he kind of prompted me with a few insights that... Mm-hmm. kind of made it more sense and more maybe what my obligation was. And I didn't realize and was pleasantly surprised to find out that 
A spiritual mother doesn't just pray for priests and for seminarians, that there is an option to pray for those who are discerning a religious vocation. Mm. And so when I signed up to be a spiritual mother, that is one place that I felt called to do, is to pray for those that were discerning a religious vocation. And that was very, I don't know, it, it was a very touching thing to me because I'm all about vocations to the religious life, whether it be to the priesthood or um, a, if a sister wants to join a convent or, or whatever that way. And so I, that, I guess, blew me out of the water that I didn't realize a spiritual mother could sacrifice and pray for that intention. Mm, that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's no doubt that prayer is, is powerful and important. And it's, it's powerful not only because it changes, it, it brings about or, you know, allows God's will to be fulfilled, but it changes us. You know, because it invites us into a, a, a deeper relationship with the Lord ourselves, right. and then out of that comes a blessings and fruits for us as well. You know, in addition to uh, praying for the intention or the need or whatever it is. I mean, the prayer we just had before this. You know, when you can bring your concern and hurt problem to the Lord, and you say, "Here, this is for you." Yeah, that's a power has a powerful effect on on us in terms of surrender and letting go and trusting and so there's a lot of benefits that come from prayer both for the for the petition and uh, and also for um, those of us who are engaged in that practice. So no question that it's very very important. Yeah, so. I would encourage every woman who wants to help the church. This is a very powerful way that you can help the church. Yes. Very private but powerful way. Very powerful way to do that. Yeah, I, I would agree very much, and I think that's true of, of, of men as well, you know. Yeah. Well, and Father says he needs 15 spiritual mothers, so sign up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One after the other. Well. Oh, man. Time to stump Father. Yes. You go right ahead and try. I'm very willing. All right. Okay. He's willing, guys. All right. Well, it's time for our straight talk segment. It's you can call in and give your question. <laughs> Eli's picking on me in my head, saying, "Hey, are you going to get the number right?" I'm looking right at it, Eli. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's the number to call call in and you can uh, give your question to the receptionist and Father will answer it that way or you can be on air and ask Father yourself which is also really good because then you can have a conversation with Father if you have more clarification that's needed. That would be great and also you can do this through Facebook if you yep. like. That's another way that you can do it and uh, and there's um, any number of topics that I think uh, crowd into our hearts and our minds every day. Um, things that we hear, things that we wonder, things that we question, um, confusions, hurts, problems, pains, joys and hopes. There can be all kinds of things. And this can be an opportunity for you to call in and say, you know, I just want to um, express my opinion, my thought about um, those kinds of things. Uh, maybe we have some people, some women who've been, uh, who are spiritual mothers who have listened to the first part of the segment who would like to call in and share with us some of the experiences they've had. That would be great. Um, so it's, it's an opportunity for you, all of you, to just... Um, be a part of this in, in a more immediate and direct way um, to to open up yourself to questions, concerns, or opinions, whatever it is, and see where it takes us today. So it's, it's a great opportunity. Again, 877-795-0122 is the number to call, 877-795-0122. Um, 
We're looking forward to hearing from you. So give us a call. Text us on, or uh, send a, a, a note in or um, something on Facebook, however all that stuff works. And uh, just let us know what's in your mind and in your heart. So I, I, I have a, I want to start just, you know, to begin with. So um, um, did you uh, uh, happen to uh, go to Mass today yet or look at the readings for today? I have not. I woke up and remembered I had to be on the air, and that was enough stress. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it was interesting because the reading today is this funny, I, I say funny little gospel passage from Luke's gospel about uh, King Herod and Jesus. It's very short, and um, it begins with something like Jesus, with Herod saying that, you know, Herod, or the gospel saying Herod was curious about Jesus because some was saying he was this, he was that. And it's, and it's very interesting. It ends by saying, Herod said, John I beheaded, who is this Jesus about whom they're talking? And so it's just this funny little passage, and then it ends there. You, you think they go on to something else. Um, and it's like, what's that all about, you know? And what it reminded me of was um, a, a real flash to the, to the past. Um, the the uh, rock opera, they called it, back when I was in actually in high school. Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah? Okay. And um, That's old. That's very old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, and the, the song that King Herod sings, uh, and, which really captures this curiosity that Herod has about Jesus. And in the, in, the, in, the, in the song, there's a confrontation between Herod and Jesus, and he's sort of baiting him and goading him. And it's actually, it's, it's, a, it's a funny, um, kind of crazy song in, in that particular rock opera. But, you know, it's interesting, as I, I reflected on that, thought about that, you know, kind of a flashback to, the, to my high school days. But I thought to myself, how often do we, you and I, become curious about Jesus even if we, we, even if we would say we have a relationship with him and we know him, we come, become curious about how he's working, how he's moving, what he's doing in our lives, and we never get beyond the curiosity, because that's what, how the gospel ends. It's like Herod is, oh, this this Jesus is really interesting, and it kind of like it just stops. And I thought to myself. That's such a danger and, and can be such, you know, we can, we can convince ourselves that somehow we're faithful and we're living our faith or we're practicing it and all we're really doing is simply being curious. And we never take the curiosity to the next step of exploring and understanding uh, who Jesus is in our life. And so, so I just found it a very interesting little, little moment um, um, in my reflection this morning. At, at, I had Mass this morning with, with another priest. Um, he was visiting me, and we were, and um, that was the thought that I had. So, um, this is an opportunity, uh, in co- terms of straight talk, for you to get beyond the curiosity, um, to get beyond the questions you you might have, and say, I really want to ask this question. I want to take the next step. I want to move beyond um, that that initial curiosity um, uh, to to really do some serious exploration and discovery. Um, of who Jesus is in my life. Again, 877-795-0122 is the number. We have lots of people out there that I know have questions. And um, and curiosity that yeah. you can put an end to. Well, you would know the answer, right? At, at least you can take the next step. You might, I might not be able to answer the curiosity, but at least I can, they can open up the door and invite a deeper reflection, something more than maybe where they're at right now. Well, or, or we could just be like, okay, Father's going to, this is your homework for next month. You get to research this topic, and then you need to give us a, 
an answer on the next straight talk we're on. <laughs> that would be a possibility, too. So we don't want to scare people away, though. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that the questions are not that deep that you need to do research. Yeah, yeah you can, we can answer. Well, I don't know if they are. It's, like I said, it's, just, it's a great opportunity for us to... Um, uh, for us to, to grow and, and develop our faith. So again, um, 877-795-0122 is the number to call to ask us um, anything you'd like, anything about our faith um, and how it, inter- it uh, relates to or interacts with who we are and what we do in our everyday life. So um, let's uh, get those calls coming in. So, Well, we have... Um a uh, question from a young person listening. Why do Roman Catholics make the sign of the cross from the left to right while Eastern Catholics go right to left? There's a hesitant there. Is this a stump the priest? This is a stump the priest. Um, oh, your first research question. All right, I'm going to make note of this. <laughs> <laughs> is he on the air? No, he is not. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, whoever this young man is, I really appreciate that. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I, I haven't even thought about that. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I have to stop and think. Because we live in a part of the world where the Eastern Rite churches are not dominant, um, I've never, ever paid a lot of attention to the... I know that the Eastern Rite make, make the sign of the cross differently in the sense that the cross piece is is angled. As opposed, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's angled. Um, and, and I know that's in reference to the way an Eastern cross looks, because an Eastern cross not only yeah. has the, the two cross pieces, but there's a, there's a, a second crossbar that is angled. Um, but, you know, I have to plead ignorance. I don't know okay. why that would be, um, why that is made. Maybe this person who's listening knows that answer and could share that with us. Um, or, as you said, it could get on Facebook or, <laughs> excuse me, get on, on the Internet in and, and look for that. So. You know, I, I do want to say just something about it's interesting. You know, um, as a kid growing up, we were taught to make the sign of the cross with our right hand, um, and and so you would you would go from your head to your to your chest or the, your midway down your abdomen, and then you go over to your left shoulder and to your right shoulder. Um, and I do see people making it with their left hand, and I've had people occasionally go like, oh, you know, that's not right. And I'm thinking, no, I don't really don't think that makes a lot of difference. You know, especially if someone is naturally left-handed. And, and they would start with their left hand just because it's natural. I think the important thing about the sign of the cross is to remind ourselves of why we're doing it so it doesn't become some sort of a flippant or casual gesture, but rather we're really acknowledging that it is by the cross of Jesus Christ that we are saved, and through our baptism and being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen, we were marked with, we, we right. if you will, we took on that cross of Christ in our own life. Right. And I think that's important. So, you know, um, for those of us who are from the Roman right, whether you do it with your right hand or your left hand, I don't think is real critical, um, as long as we make sure that we're... Doing it the right... We're doing it with the right intention. And, and, you well, know. And, and that's good to know, because I have two kids at the beginning of the family and two kids at the end of the family that are left-handed. Ah. And I've had to basically make the eastern right cross to teach them how to make the sign of the cross because you know when they're looking at me and it's backwards to them and then i'm having to say you know then i've got the wrong hand going because i'm trying to teach them how to use the right hand yeah and it's it's a oh my goodness yeah i think i think it's okay i think it's important you know one of the things that's important is you know we have to look at what's in our heart you know and are there right and wrong ways to do things absolutely there are right and wrong ways to do things but um there's so many things that we do that I think, well, there's options and there's possibilities here. And as long as we end up in the same place, um, it's perfectly okay, you know, as long as we have the proper understanding of what it is that we're doing. So, 
And this, again, this is an opportunity for you to call in. Um, um, Maybe you, you know the answer. Yeah, that's a good idea. You might know the answer to that, and you might also be able to stump me again, and I have no problem being stumped. Um, because I don't know everything um, by any stretch of the imagination. But if you have a question or a concern, please call in and let us know. 877-795-0122. So I have to tell you, last night I was um, putting the little girls to bed, mm-hmm. and um, the twins just turned six on Monday. And so a six-year-old is like the most brilliant person in the whole world, according to a six-year-old. Yeah. And she, one of the twins tells me, Mommy, I can't be a saint. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, go back. What do you mean you can't be a saint? And she said, because, Mommy, there's already a Saint Chiara, so I can't go to heaven and be a Saint Chiara. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I could see where that would be, you know, a problem in her little six-year-old head that yes. she can't be a saint because there's already a Saint Chiara, and how would they know? Yeah. And so we went into this really beautiful conversation about how God knows us each individually, even if we share the same name with someone else. and. And how she can still be a St. Chiara. She would just be a St. Chiara with this parts of her, you know, with her middle name, with her last name, with her confirmation name, with her whatever name attached to her Chiara. And did she buy that? She just kind of looked at me like, I just, no, I don't think so, Mom. I just can't be a saint because there's already a St. Chiara. So I I just thought it was so cute to, yeah. to see into the eyes of, you know, through the eyes of a child how, well, there, there's that name already in heaven. Yeah, why can't that be on? It was fun. It it's, was a fun conversation. It's like the cute little story about a little girl who was going to first commu- first reconciliation, and um, you know the kids were all doing this together, and, and the parents were waiting, and, and pretty soon all the kids came out, and went home, and, and the mother went in, and her daughter was sitting in the pew, and she was crying, and the mother said, "Honey, what's wrong?" And she said, "From my penance, father told me." to say three Hail Marys and I only know one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Same kind of thing. Kind of a, oh. cute little uh, um, little stories about the little minds. So It um, is. And you know, they see things, they see truth so much easier than we do. Yes. It's and not complicated. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful example of how little kids, even in their little minds, are pushing beyond that curiosity. Yeah. And they're looking for answers that that, that are, they think are important for us. So, so, well, if you are looking for an answer to a question that is important to you, call in 877-795-0122. And we have a question. Are you ready, Father? I'm ready. It's my son again. He likes to try to stump you. Hopefully this time he won't. So, Blaze would like to know, where is the battle in heaven between the angels and the devil found? Like, how do we, I'm assuming he means, like, how do we know? Where in the Bible is it found? Is that what she's referring to? Maybe in Bible, in, tra- in sacred tradition. Okay. You know, or, I mean, I, I don't know. I could, could be that. Um, you know, the book of Revelation speaks about the, um, the struggle between um, the, the good angels and the bad angels. And... Um, and, and that's kind of one of the, the key like passages from which we understand that there was this battle that existed um, between some of the angels in heaven about those who refused to accept God's plan and, and those who did. And so I would say that the, in terms of where um, in the Bible it is in the book of Revelation, where it happened, where the battle happened, obviously from that same passage it happened in heaven. Now, if you want to have a long discussion about where heaven is, that's a whole different that's topic. That's a whole different topic. That's a whole different topic. But, I mean, it's, it is a, it is a, um, that's what our, and our tradition, you know, tells us that, too. The story in Revelation says that, um, that the, uh, the, 
a devil or the serpent swept a third of the angel, a third of the stars from the sky and hurled them down below. And so we've always had the, the tradition of the church has been that a third of the angels rebelled against God. Oh wow! And uh, and and therefore ended up um, being uh, damned or condemned for all eternity. So, from my understanding, the angels were given. Um, choice to to serve god or to you know and then the the demon the devils chose not to, to you know to obey god anymore is it at that point that god created hell when there was a place then needed for them to go um i would i would um i don't how do you answer that i don't i don't we don't know we don't okay. know that because you know what hell is about at least is my understanding and I think the church's understanding is um, hell exists because God gave us free will. He obviously gave angels free will right. all, too. So I would think that in terms of the creation of the world as God unfolded the whole plan of creation, hell would have had to be there okay. as a, a reality and a po- you know a possibility because at the same you know because god was also creating creatures that had the freedom to reject okay. or to yeah, accept that makes sense and so i would say that it's that it's all part of the the plan that was un- unfolded um you know and, and it's but it, it's, it gets a little dicey when you say well did god create hell well you know that would be sort of like saying god created evil right god created us free to choose to choose and because that freedom is real the natural outgrowth of that is there has to be some sort of existence, and we don't even know if it's a place, but some sort of existence where we are separated from God by our own choice. And and, and therefore, we would believe that that's, um, um, that's where hell came, came into existence. So it's also important to realize, you mentioned earlier, you know, the angels, you know, what is the rebellion of the angels is they, as we understand it, is they chose to not accept God's plan for salvation, which was to become one with human beings, and the angels, at least the, the angels that rejected that, rejected the notion that somehow that God would lower himself to become one with oh, his creation. Yeah, right. Thus the expression, um, I, I love this, I love this tell story because it's, it's part of it's because it's my name. You know, Michael means who is like God, which is, was the response of the archangel Michael when the devil said, you know, God can't do this. God shouldn't do this. This is, you know, and Michael said, who is like God? I mean, how, how can you, a creature of God, tell him. choose to, to tell God how he should or shouldn't <laughs> right. do things? Right. Here, here, you can't tell your creator what he <laughs> should yeah. do, right? Who is like God? Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. That's, so, that's very interesting. Thank you for clarifying some yeah. of those things. That's a good question. A very good question. Thanks, Blaze. Okay, we have a question from a caller. Um, It is Barry from Sydney, Montana. So it says, in the prayer, the glory be, it ends with the words, world without end. What does that mean? I thought the world would end. Um, I get it. Glory be to the Father, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world, world without end. Amen. Um, you know, I would understand that to mean not necessarily the physical created world, <clears throat> but that that the glory that um, glory to God, uh, that glory um, t- that we express or we give to God as His creatures, would be um, everywhere all the time for all eternity. 
Um, and so the expression, the way I would understand that, wor- what does that mean? Is is like it's that we're wanting the glory, all glory and honor to be given to God forever, always, in all places, with all people, um, more than a, a, a description of the created of a physical order, or world. A description of the created order. That's what I would understand. At least that's all the way I've always prayed it. You know, I've never thought that the glory would be given to God as long as the world would exist, or that we hope the world continues to exist forever so that we can give honor and glory to God. Because they're not, they don't go hand, you don't need the world to give glory to God. Exactly, yeah. So so that's the way I would understand that's good. Those are, that's great questions. See, again, I, I love that it's, it's people who are saying, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah. And I've always wondered about this and I want to get beyond the, oh, this is interesting. This is, yeah, take I, it to the next level. And take it to the next level. So, yeah. And, and, you know, as we did with that first question, I think anytime a question comes up that, that I can't answer that, you know, there isn't an answer for, or if I answer a question, I don't know if that's true. I would really encourage people to just dig in and and do some research on their own because in doing that, they're going to grow in their own faith and they might become a a source of of growth for someone else. So certainly appreciate those questions and encourage encourage people to continue to call in. 877-795-0122 is the number for you to call and, uh, and to ask any kind of question you'd like about our Catholic faith. Yeah, you can also get on Facebook and look up um, the Real Presence Radio Network's Facebook page, and you can find a picture of, I think, Father. Most likely they have a picture of you up saying, you know, what's your question for Father Malloy on Straight Talk? that magnificently beautiful picture, right? Yes. So if anybody is curious what Father Malloy looks like, yeah, he has, you know, if you're curious, just get on Facebook, look at his picture, and leave a question to stump Father Malloy. Yeah. It's a, you know, I think it's great that they give us this opportunity of multiple ways to get in contact with Real Presence Radio, to, you know, that not just call in. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about in our diocese, because we, 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 we initiated a year of the Eucharist um, right before our, our former bishop left us, and it was really an opportunity for us to, um, to deepen our encounter with the Lord in uh-huh. terms of, of uh, the, the celebration of Mass, our understanding of Mass. And, um, you know, a topic that, of course, is at the heart and soul of that is um, the real presence of Jesus in the celebration of the Eucharist. Um, and, um, you know, it's, I'd be interested if there's anybody out there listening that's, that would, could share some insights or some ideas about what they think um, or how that real presence of Jesus impacts them. Um, in their life in the celebration of the Eucharist um, might be a good interesting topic to open up a door for for us to uh, um, really come to appreciate. Uh, Karen, let's start by saying how about for you? Um, <clears throat> um, how, when you think about the, the presence of Christ in the Eucharist, how does that touch or impact your life? Well, I end up feeling like, you know, I always feel more connected with someone. Yeah, I have friends that are just on Facebook. I have friends that are just, you know, that I just send emails to or whatever. But the person that I'm connected with the most are the people that I see and interact with on a on a regular daily basis. And I love the fact that if our Lord is truly present in the Eucharist, He's there with me, interacting with me, touching me, having a real relationship with me. And I need that to mm-hmm. get through my day. I mean, I try to get my kids to daily mass a couple times a week, and I know that our family life is so much more peaceful, so much more what God wants the domestic church to look like. To look like, yeah, when you have that encounter. And it's interesting because I, I would say the same thing in terms of 
You know, I, I look back at my life, and I am one of those strange people. <laughs> strange? Who, well, we all know that, Father. Yes, but the strange people who never, I never went through a period of time in my life where I didn't go to church. Um, and then part of it was because I ended up in the seminary as a very young man. But um, I often sit back and I think, you know, this encounter with Jesus, which I have every day, maybe on a daily basis I'm not as conscious of it or I'm not aware of it. <clears throat> but I look back on my life, I look back over the 60-plus years I've been alive, and I'm thinking, what would life have been like if I hadn't encountered Christ right. in that very special way? And um, I, I believe with all my heart it would be, I would, it would be vastly different, you know, um, that, that that encounter transforms and shapes us bit by bit, moment by moment. In much the same way you talked about how, you know, when you have a friend that you see on a regular basis, your own husband, your own children, how those interactions, those very real encounters shape and, and change us over periods of time and in some ways in ways that's not immediately perceptible. But yes. over the period of time, you, you, suddenly, you suddenly realize, I really do love this person. Right. Or, the, or I'm deeply grateful for what this person has done, done in my life. I, say, I was just going to say, or how that person loves me. Yes. You know, and I, that, that's important when you're well, trying to have a relationship with our Lord. Yep. You feel his love back. And yes. it's easier to do that when you visit him in the Eucharist. And when you have that encounter. So, yep. you know, I think that's a very important thing. So, we're in the middle of straight talk here. We're getting close to the end of it. And we've had a couple of really great questions. We'd take a couple more if you have a question that is there. 877-795-0122. I'd love to hear from you to share your thoughts, your feelings, or have a question that you'd like to uh, uh, put forth. Um, I got stumped in the first <laughs> part of the hour, half hour, which was great. I didn't mind that at all. Okay, um, it, and just for you know transparency purposes, it was one of my kids who mm -hmm. posted that question. Did they? I don't know which one. It was either my husband or my kids. So I mean, you can next time you come to supper for pheasant at our house. <laughs> I could maybe ask a few questions and see if they would stump them. I. Please, I'm all about stumping my children with questions. That's a good idea. I'll have to keep that in mind. So, anyway. You have full permission. Full permission full to... Full permission to, <laughs> to come with some really, really good questions for them. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. So, um, <laughs> You anyway. think you know that answer? Let me see. <laughs> Let me see. And probably got to find out as they do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So... 877-795-0122 is uh, the number to call if you have a question you would like to uh, answer. You know, we were talking about just a minute ago, uh, Karen, about how this encounter with Christ in the Eucharist changes us. Uh, you know, another side of that, and we've been t talked about this earlier um, with, when we visited with Father Mark about spiritual motherhood, about the importance of prayer, and again, how prayer can change and transform us um, in terms of of making a difference in our life, you know. I often say to people in my own um, spiritual life, and, and if I'm doing spiritual direction, I'll say to people, you know, 90% of the spiritual life is about showing up. It, Interesting. It's about showing up. It's about being there and taking the time. And I liken that again to marriage relationships or family, you know, good friendships. You know, if I don't spend time with someone you know, that that I deem to be a friend, then that relationship wanes. I mean, it, right. it, it diminishes. And so a lot, and, and it may not be that every time I see that person is a necessarily a wonderful encounter or really beautiful, but the fact that I take the time and make the effort is what makes that relationship alive, 
first of all, foundationally, then things can grow from it. And so I say to people, prayer is first and foremost about showing up. You take the time, you sit down, you make the effort, and you don't look at it first and say, well, this wasn't meaningful, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Right. Because the very fact that I took the time and I made the effort is important and and brings about graces and blessings in our life because we're opening ourselves up to the presence of God and allowing Him to touch our lives. So I think it's very, very important for us to be mindful of that when we talk about prayer or a relationship right. with God. So, Yeah, it's exactly how. It's not really complicated when no. at the beginning. No. It's it, just be there. It isn't. You'd be there. You show up and say, I'm here. How are you? Yeah. And then try really hard to listen. Oh, and it's so hard in today's world to listen because Absolutely. it's so noisy. Yeah. So. Well, it looks like we have a caller on the phone. It's Kevin, who is driving on I-90 in South Dakota. Are you there, Kevin? Hi, I am. Good morning. Good, Good morning, morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm well, and you? Good. So what's your question for us? Well, I, I, uh, I've read a, a deal about I've had some friends die of cancer, so I started to read about dying and uh, ran across some some well-written books about near-death experiences where people will die temporarily and they have an encounter with God um, and they come back a completely changed person. And I just was curious of your thoughts on that. I um, appreciate that question. Uh, it's a question I've often wondered myself. Um, you know, I... I uh what I would say is that those those things that I've read and understood are too real to be dismissed as being some kind of hallucination or some kind of um, experience. You know, and I think the idea that they say near death is probably a proper way to say that because, um, you know, they've obviously come close to the that separation between this world and the next. But what they experience, what they see, what they encounter... Um, almost always what I've read is, is very positive, it's very peaceful, and it, it invites them, you know, and they desire more. They desire to, to um, continue to, on that journey, and, the, and a lot of times the fear goes away because they know what they're waiting for. So I think they're real, I think they're, very, they're, they're, they're important, and they're a gift, they're a blessing. Yeah. That when someone has that encounter, that experience. And I, I have to say, I had a near-death experience when I gave birth to the twins. And there was a moment right before they put me under to put me into surgery to save my life that I had felt a great peace. I have not felt that peace since then. I have tried. I've sat quietly. I've tried to, okay, God, give me back that peace again. And I couldn't, I have not been given that peace yeah. again. But I was completely ready to meet my Lord at that point. It was phenomenal. And it did change me yep. for the better. Um, so, Kevin, that's a, just a quick response. We, we've got to wrap up our, our straight talk segment. But um, absolutely, those things are real. And I'm glad you called in. It's a nice way that's to end great. this, this yep, segment. Positive. Happy. Knowing, knowing the gifts and graces that God gives to us. So we're going to take a exactly. short Thank break Thank you very here. much. Oh, you bet, Kevin. Take care. We're going to take a short break here. Um, when we come back, um, oh, we want to remind you that Real, uh, Straight Talk is available every day, uh, Monday through Friday, 9.30 Central Time, 8.30 Mountain Time. And um, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Kimberly Freeze. Um, she has a gift for us, and she's going to talk to us about, about um, sharing her faith and how that led her to be a writer. So we look forward to that time together when we return to Real Presence Radio. <laughs> 